Hey, this is Jessica, and I'm here to let you know that this episode of Talking With Our Mouthful was recorded when we here in Toronto were still in stage two of reopening during the COVID-19 pandemic. Right now, we're in stage three, which has been amazing so far. But with school starting up and our daily case numbers still consistently in the triple digits, we need to remind everyone to please stay safe. While life is looking more and more normal, the pandemic isn't over, and the risk of infection is still very real. So please, wear something to cover your face when you go out. Practice social distancing. Maintain your social bubble with care. Now is not the time to get complacent. More than ever, we need to be mindful of one another. We need to have each other's backs. We need to make sure that everyone is safe and healthy until COVID-19 is gone for good. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of Talking With Our Mouths Full. I'm Nightingale Nguyen. And I'm Michael Chan. And today we have a very special guest for you all. He is someone who I've known longer than most of the people in my life. He longer than is, me. Yeah, longer than you. He is a man of many podcasts. He is filled with knowledge of pro wrestling, something you all know I really love. He is... There was another episode where we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Another episode. He has infinite knowledge of Star Trek, and he has the biggest Funko Pop collection of anyone I personally know. And I know quite a few people have huge Funko Pop collections, including myself. I spent way too much money on those. He is Jamil Robinson! Hey, Jamil. What's up? Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me on your pod. I've been eagerly awaiting this. Oh, we're, we're well, really the day happy. has come. Yeah, we're, Welcome. we're so happy to have you, man. And wow, so many years. And, and I, I think I was on one of your podcasts a few years ago and the episode never got released. Uh, yes, the Eurotrip <laughs> episode. Yeah, but uh, it's, been, it's been a few years. But hey, now we're here on our podcast. And how have you been? How have you been since uh, the pandemic started? Um, it's been pretty nonstop for me. Um, a lot more work than there previously was. Uh, but, you know, uh, when situations occur like this, everyone's in a... Uh, extreme situations. Some it's, you know, extreme moments where they're at home. Um, and then there's other people who are at work all the time. And I seem to be in the latter part. Oh, geez. So do you, so you go out to work and then what do you do when you're home? Um, well, uh, my routine is basically I wake up, go to work, work like a lot of hours. And then, uh, I just kind of unwind for the period that I'm I'm home. So that includes uh, I watch a lot of television the best I can. Uh, I try to read a little bit more, and um, I've been gaming. So, ooh, what games have you been uh, been playing? <laughs> um, uh, I've been trying to play Overwatch. <laughs> um, um, Overwatch, uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, I did play, mm -hmm. and. I've been actually getting into a game called, uh, I, I backed on a Kickstarter, not Kickstarter, but uh, a Kickstarter-esque little program there called uh, Jay and Salem Bob Mall Brawl. Oh, I, I think I heard about that one. Is it any good? Uh, yes, it is an 8-bit uh, inspired game. So they actually made it for the NES. So if you had an NES, you can buy the cartridge and actually play it on your home 
Nintendo Entertainment System. Whoa, that's awesome! I uh, wow, I didn't hear about that. But you're you're playing on a PC? Uh, well, yes, I am. I am. I'm playing the game on a PC. Uh, I did not uh, go for the cartridge. Uh, I didn't think I needed that extra expense because it would distract from my Funko collection. Your your absolutely massive Funko collection. <laughs> when when did you start collecting those? Um. I actually started, let's say, 2000 and I know someone's going to fact check me this one. Uh, I think 2006, <laughs> I, no, yeah, 2006 uh, was the first Whoa. time I bought uh, Funko Pops. Uh, I bought th- two, wait, two, yes, two. I bought Robin and Wonder Woman, and that was the first two I bought how long I've been like hardcore collecting, I would say it's been mostly the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was mostly inspired by Scott Pilgrim. Um, once Scott oh. Pilgrim pops were released, uh, it is what I went to collect and slowly but surely I was dragged into the, the, <laughs> the current of the river of Funko. Cause yeah, I, I noticed you, uh, you're quite involved in the Funko communities on Facebook that I, I, frequent here and there I, I like looking i don't actually buy from anybody on those but i like looking at what people have but yeah you're there all the time it seems i'm like wow you're really I, I, uh you're a big part of it man um <laughs> i would say that i would like to get involved in uh, with funko one of the um the pillars of the collecting scene mm-hmm. uh, is uh you come for the toys but you stay for the people um funko is family uh, Funko is fun. You can't spell Funko without fun. Uh, a lot of the hardcore community is one where we all support each other. Uh, the hunt is one of the most important things. And especially in times like these, you aren't able to um, to have a, a, a wide network. You're not able to extend yourself to go and pick up these items. Yep. Um, as a Canadian, um, there are many uh, locations that I can't access. Um, many stores I cannot access, and therefore I depend on my uh, mayor friends to help me out, uh, my Funko family to um, help me out and uh, get me these items. And play- people from Australia to you know Southern California to Pittsburgh to wow. Buffalo, New York, uh, they're all individuals that um, assist and help me. There's a lot of people here in uh, Toronto. Toronto has a, a a small but dedicated scene. It isn't just people trying to buy and sell. Um, there are legitimate people who are collecting, who uh, love how the items look, um, love the the connection that it creates between other people. Mm-hmm. And um, it's fun seeing your favorite um, characters and fandom in little stylized uh, forms that uh, it's... I love it. I love the design. I love even the box. I'm an inbox collector most of the time. So I like how it looks displayed in a box. But you've actually expanded beyond just the pops, right? Like you collect other Funko lines of toys as well. Yeah. Um, So there's, um, (laughs) there's the newest line is um, Funko Soda, um, which is extremely limited. um, Do you mean... This Funko soda that yeah. I'm holding in my hand right now, and I bought just for this episode. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am holding in my hand a Funko soda Lionel from Thundercats. 
And it says here that is a uh, limited edition, 7,500 pieces. Do you have that? <laughs> I don't. I just recently got into the soda line. So right now I only have four, six, I think about 12 of them. Um, That's 11 more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually probably tomorrow I'm going to buy, I'm going to drop maybe uh, I'm going to whisper this about $230 oh. on, uh, because there's a limited edition display mm. um, and with the display comes 12 cans of them. So what? are you going to open them? Or are you going to keep them in the display? I'm opening them, but I'm, I'm going to put them in the display. Uh, it's going to be my new background. I'm going to put the soda. Nice. I can't wait to see it, man. But yeah, I, uh, I saw your, it was your Huckleberry Chase one. I was like, Ooh, I wonder, I wonder, cause I never heard of them. So I went on Amazon. I was like, Lion-O. I love Lion-O. So I'm going to open this. I'm going to see if you can hear the plastic coming off of the can. I don't know if this is like, did, am I lowering the value of this? Uh, I don't know. So, How do I open the can, dude? Okay, so where, where, there, there's a top. Yeah. The top, you kind of twist it. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm twisting the top now. Yes. Now, the interesting it's, thing about the vinyl line, um, the soda line, it's yeah. a throwback to the um, more original line that Funko started with. So they started off before Pops, they had vinyl figures. Oh, I, and, I didn't know that. Yeah. So very stylized characters that were in like a tube. Yeah, um, and uh, they were they were original um, I, um, characters as well as characters inspired by various media, like um, from less from Jake, less than Jake actually um, was a huge fan of Funko in the early days. So they um, actually uh, created characters for that line as well. Oh, wow, I had no idea. Well, there's a history bite right there. Thank you, Jamil. No problem. <laughs> All right, so I got the can, the top open. I'm pulling out a plastic bag. Uh, there's don't, also... look inside. don't look inside. Okay. Don't look inside. Okay. Okay. So the the little pog esque a disc that was inside will yeah. tell you if it is a common or a chase. Oh, I have no idea. I didn't look at it. So the Lionel that you have there, yeah. um, the it's a very excellent stylized um, depiction of Lionel. But if you get the chase, it actually glows in the dark. What? Yes. Okay. So okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the black. We have like a, an expert here, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, that's why I'm so excited to be doing this with Jamila here because. Uh, this is so exciting. Yeah, I'm so. The bubble wrap is stuck inside the packaging. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it's bubble wrapped, and I don't think this is a chase because it doesn't look like he glows. But there is, for the camera, Liono. It looks so cute. I love, I love the design of this figure. It, uh, he's holding the Sword of Omens in his right hand, and it's a little, little dinky little dagger sword. Uh, but yeah, no, it's actually, this is probably the only one I'm going to get. Because like I looked at a bunch of them on Amazon, and this is the only one whose design I personally really liked. I have too much plastic around the house. I'm like, I got to tear down. So yeah, this is it. This is going to be my Funko Soda. It's that's an excellent piece. I like it a lot. Oh, and then it. you have the the disc you have there. Details. Um, it's number like it's one of seven. Six thousand three hundred. Six thousand three hundred. Why is it? Why would it be less than seventy five hundred? Is it because chase? The chase. Yes. So um, in this case, there's a one in six chase. So for every six, 
um, packages, there's one that's a chase. Oh, I get it. Okay, I'm just holding this up for the camera. There you go. Da, da, da. Okay, cool. So, uh, <laughs> moving on from Funko. Yes. What have you been eating during the pandemic? Um, I've been. Have uh, you been eating out or eating in more? Uh, well, um, actually, I do. I always do a combination of both. I try to stay away from the latter part of eating out. Uh, you know, uh, home cooked food has always been um, a cornerstone of my household. So uh, that's always the case. But. Um, at work, uh, we don't have that many food options, so I'm usually ordering out. What are some uh, favorite places you like to order out from? Well, um, one of them is a place called Burger Legend. Um, it is uh, a, it is a burger restaurant, as you can tell. Is um, it legendary? It is legendary. It's it's really it's really fantastic. Um, possibly my second favorite uh, burger place that I can in my life. Oh, wow. Uh, sorry. Let me specify specifically. <laughs> my second favorite independent burger place in my entire life. Uh, it is in Streetsville. It started off as a food truck and um, they expanded into an actual restaurant. Like many places, uh, I, it was recommended from a friend and he took me there. And um, I've been going there ever since. Uh, their bread is um, homemade. Their burgers, they uh, they put together themselves. I've read on occasion that any extra bread, they actually give it to food bag, uh, banks at the end of the day as well. Uh, really a great place for the, the city of Streetsville. And um, the burgers actually taste really good as well. So it, it works out together. So I Burger Legend. Burger Legend. Yes. Awesome. Good to know. Burger Legend. Yes. A legendary burger. Yes. Mm. So uh, the story, or sorry, um, print the story, eat the legend. Print the story, like eat the legend. I like that. I like that. Have you uh, have you had uh, have you eaten any pastries during uh, the pandemic? You know what? At <laughs> at work, we occasionally do have pastries distributed because it's you know an excellent treat uh, that one can have. So, uh, as you may surmise, we are leading up to our food feature of the day. So uh, we will be. Uh, featuring some croissants. My wife and I, when we went on our honeymoon, part of our honeymoon was uh, in France. And one of the things we noticed while we were on our honeymoon was that it didn't matter where we were in France, it, like it didn't matter where we ate. Every time we had a French pastry, it was just absolutely delicious. And we, we both love croissants. And over in France, it's just, it's incomparable. There's no way you'll ever find a better croissant than you know, croissants in France. And they're always fresh. They're always, uh, you know, the flaky outside is, is perfect. You know, the crust, and then you have the inside, which is just, it's not like mushed like it is oftentimes over here, you know? So when we came back to Canada, like it was never the same. We spent so much time trying to find a bakery that would actually replicate what we found in France, but nothing ever tasted the same until we found a place called Duo Patisserie, which is near our home in Richmond Hill. It's still not exactly the same as in France, but it's the best freaking croissant we've ever had in Canada, period. 
So uh, that's why we decided today we're going to feature dual patisserie. And before we feature dual patisserie, I would like to say, did you know that croissants are technically Viennese? What? That bleu, how could this be? They are actually Viennese. So according to bakermaison.com.au, the kipferl is a crescent-shaped bread dating back to the 13th century. Then at the turn of the 17th century, it got popularized by the French for their take on the pâté feuilleté, which is AKA the puff pastry. Wow, I had no idea. Thanks for the history, but that's two in this episode. You are welcome. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Rien. I also noticed on our Google Doc that you wrote up uh, something about dual patisserie. So while I am trying to get a croissant onto a plate, why don't you tell our lovely listeners about Duo? Okay, Duo Patisserie and Cafe, located at 230 Commerce Valley Drive East, Unit 4 in Markham, Ontario, Canada. Founded by good friends Eric Chan, Rocky Yuan, and Deborah Kwan, who grew up obsessing over French food, they ended up opening up Duo to fill the void of finding French-inspired desserts in the Richmond Hill Markham area. According to blog TO, Eric is the head pastry chef due to his 10 plus years in the industry and constructed the menu that we have today. Rocky is Duo's barista due to his extensive knowledge and experience and finally Deborah runs the front of house. Duo has over 50 pastries for you to try both in sweet and savory. They've got croissants, cakes, macarons, and more. So feel free to pair it up with a drink such as an espresso. The beans are locally sourced from pilot coffee roasters and you know we love our local eats. Mm -hmm. Another fun fact, CBC hosts a segment to determine where you can find the best croissant in the GTA. So they brought 22 croissants from all over the GTA and performed a blind taste test. So the winner is none other than Dual Patisserie and Cafe. Woo! So that so if you want the best croissants in the GTA, look no further than Duo. So pastry chef Eric Chan's croissants have a distinct honeycomb interior, which balances the airiness and buttery strands in the pastry. Michael, my friend, can you confirm these croissants? Do they okay. taste good? So I have three croissants here today. Uh, one of them is the Pain au Chocolat which is this one, a chocolate croissant. I have a salami and cheese croissant and then an apple croissant that you can see here since we're using Zoom today. So, so I am going to eat the pain au chocolat to see if there's the honeycomb interior that you are talking about. Oh, that looks amazing. Oh, oh, look at the inside of that. I'm gonna bring it up to the camera. Oh, that looks great. Yeah, you can see the honeycomb shape of the inside to give it that airiness to counter the crust of the outside. Now in this case, the chocolate in there is just, oh, it's perfect. If you've ever had a chocolate croissant from, um, from Starbucks, they <laughs> there's barely any chocolate in there. But these ones, it's just, look at that. Look at how much chocolate there is inside. Very gracious. Uh, yes, and uh, but before, because that's supposed to be a dessert croissant, I'm gonna start eating the uh, salami and cheese croissant. Night, uh, did yeah. you want to continue? Yes. Yeah, so it just really shows that all you need is good knowledge, passion, and love to create anything, and you don't really need to be from France or Vienna or you know anywhere in Europe to you know be a uh, what's called expert in making French pastries. It's like when we were talking about the award-winning Hong Kong style milk tea at Marathon Cafe. 
This is a subtle episode plug, by the way. We're just going to act if you're plugging an episode night. Good job. <laughs> anyway, anyway, look at look at the salami for your sweet tooth or your sweet tea. Check out Dual Patisserie and Cafe. You can find them online and on Facebook and Instagram. Due to the quarantine, please place your order at least one business day in advance to check product availability and to confirm their store hours. Now back to the podcast. Well, specifically, place an order if you want a specific croissant. So they're playing croissant. The reason why I actually don't have one here and why I have the panel chocolat as uh, to use as an example of something more, I guess, normal, um, more plain, is because they're playing croissant sell out like super fast people just buy those things out i also noticed that people buy out the salami and cheese so i was a bit of a dick today i went and bought like they had four left i bought three of them <laughs> but uh yeah if you look inside that's like, how good they are they are the number one croissants in the gta uh, but yeah, look look at the inside look at all that salami and then there's cheese on the top here and then on top there it's uh salami and cheese outside and inside so this is actually um, my wife's favorite of their croissants, next to the plain ones. Okay, pass it over, Michael. Okay, I'm gonna try to use Zoom to make it seem like I'm shoving it into your mouth. Okay, where's your mouth? Right. Okay, okay, it's it's going it's going in, it's going in. There you go. Do you like it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know, this is a podcast. People can actually see what's. going all right. Um, the last I'm gonna. I'm do- telling you. I'm telling you, uh, uh, listeners. It looked like she enjoyed it a lot. Trust. <laughs> but uh, yeah, are, are you a fan of croissants, Jamil? I am actually, and I'm in the boat of plain is um, the best. Uh, there is something where it's it's where it's just fresh, and you bite into it, and all it is is just it's just succulents that you bite into, and you. You just bite into it, and it's so fluffy, and there might be a little hint of like butter with it. Oh, I'm I ooh, when, when you mentioning it and seeing you eating it, I know that I have to go to Duos. Have to. Oh, you definitely should, and also just uh, you have confirmed. to go in the early morning though, just to get first pick. Confirmed our use of Zoom. This was a good choice. <laughs> so let our 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 guests <laughs> see what I'm eating. Uh, but the apple croissant. Is amazing. So it's a flat kind of rectangular croissant instead of the crescent shape. And there is an entire layer of sliced apple on top that, that has cinnamon sprinkled on it as well. And it's actually my favorite croissant next to the plain croissant that they make. So I'm going to bite in. Mm. Oh, look at that apple. Oh, yeah. Look at that. That is a lot of apple for a croissant. So it's really... Honestly, like it is worth it. They don't cheap out on their ingredients. They actually do an amazing job of giving you your money's worth when it comes to what they put into their croissants. Um, Their cakes are also delicious. They also have these little uh, square chocolates that they sell. I absolutely love the Belgium chocolate squares that they have. Plus, they have a middle section in their shop that sells other different chocolates as well. And uh, I have never tried them, but I have given them as gifts and. uh, People I've given uh, the chocolate to have said they loved it. So it's a, it's a great place to visit. Please, soon, pandemic. <laughs> please, please, yes, let up so people can visit more frequently. Instead, the lineups are huge sometimes for Duo. So yeah, like the, the quicker this pandemic is, is like over, over, the better. Because I want to be able to sit down 
and and have like a nice latte and have a plain croissant with the latte. Oh, mm. I miss that. I miss it so much. Uh, but you mentioned earlier, home cooking has always been a big part of your household. So and that includes you growing up, right? Yes, like definitely. it's always been a part of your life growing up. So, so okay, let's go back to the beginning. Where were you born? Um, well, I was born in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Right. Um, born at um, Mount Sinai Hospital oh. in downtown. Uh, born during Carabana. So my mom had a miss it that year. <laughs> uh, she was. She tells me she's okay with it. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> who knows? Uh, I was uh, a very round child. There were stories that I was often mistaken for a turkey. So <laughs> uh, that was that was the old uh, story that I used to be told when I was a little child. Is, uh, oh, uh, one time you you climbed into a pot and we accidentally thought you were a ham and put you into the oven. Oh my uh, god! They never actually did that. But that was the the story, and me being a gullible child was like, really? No, no, mommy, no, you didn't do that. She didn't. But uh, I was I, I was a little round child until I got skinny, and then round again. Yay! <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, food has always been a part of um, um, home cooking, specifically, <laughs> has always been a part of um, home life. Uh, so wait, what's your uh, what's your ethnic or cultural ancestry? Uh, tr- from Trinidad, Trinidad. From Trinidad? Yes. Are your did your parents come from there, or are you like yes. multi? Oh, okay. Bo- both of them are from Trinidad, and I, um, my sister and myself are the first uh, Canadian born um, of our line, of our family line. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, uh, but from since uh, growing up it's the food and culture has always been um, part of our home life. Uh, so uh, that often lends to us not necessarily eating uh, food from Trinidad out because we enjoy making it at home. What kind of dishes are there? Um, well, there's Kalaloo. Uh, Kalaloo is, and Kalaloo is different for uh, Trinidad in comparison to, uh, let's say, Jamaican households. Uh, for us, it's more of like a soup. Uh, the spinach is blended and mixed with, um, not chamomile, what's the, uh, well, milk, right? Um, and then often you might have various things in it, like uh, pigtail uh, oh. in it. And it's, it's a very, it's a taste that I, I find that is acquired. Um, I don't necessarily love Kalaloo, but I love things about it, especially the pigtail in it. Um, there's also roti. Roti I, I enjoy mm-hmm. greatly. Uh, the various forms of curry, curry whatever, curry goat, curry chicken, curry uh, beef, curry shrimp. Uh, love it. Um, I love roti. I love flour in general. So items that have flour, is, I, I'm going to enjoy it <laughs> some way, some, um, <laughs> some form. Uh, we make a lot of home, homemade bread. Um, that we called uh, bake. Uh, also, uh, not necessarily just uh, just a, a Trinidadian dish, but I guess a Caribbean uh, dish, which is a macaroni pie. Um, it, it isn't an actual pie. It's more of a, what do they say? It's a casserole. Uh, so that is possibly one of the first uh, dishes, centerpiece dishes that I, I learned to make. And it's my 
go-to outside of lasagna for my um my potluck entry that i provide what, what's in that dish because i love macaroni i love macaroni anything pretty much but what, what's in this so it's basically boiled macaroni um and then the cheese is typically uh, my household we typically hand shred the cheese itself mm -hmm. um and then we pour a little bit of um uh, and evaporated milk evaporated milk um uh, maybe a little bit of mustard to give it a little bit of ting a little ting say um and then it is it is basically baked like a casserole so you are literally having like a uh, a slice of macaroni and cheese that i find i need to make it for you i do please please do when we can finally have a party yes um, <laughs> and not be at risk of <laughs> of getting COVID-19, yes, please. I, I do miss cooking for, for potlucks. I miss potlucks. I love potlucks. Um, having other people uh, take the time to make something to share with uh, a group of, let's say, coworkers or friends mm -hmm. is something that is amazing. One dish from one person, but 30 different dishes from 30 different people just is... is a revolution it's it's awesome are potlucks uh were potlucks a huge part of your uh your childhood of growing up or what was more of my work life in various oh. that i've had um potlucks is usually the event that is uh cheap for the company mm -hmm. and and in, involves a lot of participation from the um, individuals involved and um the great thing is um, I've been very fortunate that I've been working in places that have a wide spectrum of um, cultures, um, individuals from different cultures. Mm -hmm. So you get a buffet of different foods. Um, and those uh, cultural populations are very proud of their background, as they should be. And it is reflected in the care that they have in the dishes that they provide. So, yeah, I, I love potlucks. Potlucks are great. Speaking of cultures, uh, so this is an interesting fun fact about me and you. We met at a Japanese anime convention. Mm -hmm. And eventually, the two of us uh, went to a Halloween party at the Japanese Cultural Center that led to me meeting my white wife. So <laughs> diversity win there, man. Yes. You seem to meet a lot of people at conventions, Michael. Just saying. I, uh, I do. I do. I've met a lot of people at conventions. I used to do, I used to go a lot. And uh, Jamil, do you still go a lot like, uh, like you used to? Or I do. Because um... you go to San Diego Comic-Con. I know that. I, I, I do <sighs> as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My dream. Same here. I, I really want to go so bad. Both of you need to go. Both of you need to go. Um, not even just for the con itself, but mm. it's the whole atmosphere of it. Um, as of late, I've been going to the con, but not going into the con. Uh, just because there's so much to do outside of just the exhibits. Um, there are lots of... Uh, external exhibits, external activity that you can do. So um, I love Conan O'Brien. I shouldn't say love. I like Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien is a good guy. You don't want to put the L word um, out there in the relationship. He hasn't reciprocated yet, so I got to hold that. <laughs> um, do you have all his pops? 
all but three. All but three. I only have one. Um, one of them is going to take a little bit to get because currently its value in resale is, I believe, around $500. What? So I kind of have to... Um, I'll, I'm, I'm going to play the long game on that one <laughs> for now. Um, funny fact is I actually got it, um, but in my haste, I missed someone um, trying to get rid of it. They're like, I, I, we... So, let me kind of backtrack. Uh, for that year of the con, um, and for many years of con, you can get the Conan O'Brien pops via two methods. One, going to the TBS booth or going to the Conan O'Brien show. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I typically, every year that I go to San Diego Comic-Con, I go to the show. Uh, I won my uh, the first two years worth of sets by getting on stage and winning a dance contest. Um, uh, so I, I had a head start. Uh, the subsequent years, I've always been able to either get to the show or uh, get uh, to the show and kind of barter to get the other um, pops. Um, now, one particular year, they were releasing a special edition one that was in black and white, and they were doing viral um, locations that you need to get to to get the pop. Uh, so. Uh, what would happen is they would tweet out where they were in San Diego and people would rush over for it. And I kept missing it. I kept missing it. Um, So me and my friend were guessing where the next place would be and we guessed right. So we were just about a block away. So we were running over and when um, we got there, someone was trying to flag us down, but we're like, no, 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 we got to rush and get this pop. When we got to where the pop was, they were all gone. And as we walked back, the person trying to flag us down was a gentleman who was standing there who didn't particularly care about it. And he, he was like, Oh yeah, I, I don't like this thing. So I just sold it to someone for $20. And if I was just a little patient, I would have been able to get one. Um, but, um, I wasn't and I didn't, um, you can't win all the time. Uh, if you got everything that you wanted, then there wouldn't be a value in trying to get um, what you need. Uh, so uh, it's just a lessons learned. Sometimes things happen. You don't always get what you want. And um, I just think of the day that I will eventually get it. Um, so uh, I don't feel too bad about it. It just becomes a story I'm able to tell with mm-hmm. other collectors about what happened. So. So speaking about like conventions and and your fandoms and all that, were you always interested in this stuff like growing up? Uh, Yeah. Um, I think at a certain point um, I couldn't actually earmark the specific year. Um, 1992 uh, was when I actually started collecting comic books. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was around uh, 10 years old, 10 or nine. um, And uh, my first comic books, I, I know um, off by heart, Amazing Spider-Man number 365 and um, X-Men Adventures number one. Uh, 365 features the first appearance of uh, Miguel O'Hara, um, Spider-Man 2099, fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, it kind of, Spider-Man is my number one uh, favorite superhero uh, story. Uh, Spider-Man is just, I don't know where I would be as uh a person or uh, where it would be in terms of like my ability to read and care about the written word if it wasn't for Spider-Man comic books. Uh, so Spider-Man will always be something that I, I 
greatly love. Um, yeah, and then X Men Adventures because I was watching the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, good show, very good show. Yeah. So yeah, uh, comic books since I was ten years old, um, and now I'm a dirty old man. So uh, <laughs> been many years that I've been involved in comic books. Uh, prior to comic books, uh, my fandom uh, was um, pro wrestling. So, speaking of pro wrestling, then um, Michael loved wrestling. <laughs> oh yeah, we we actually had a whole episode about about pro wrestling. But uh, you you have been quite uh, I wouldn't say involved is the right word, but you, you go to a lot of indie events, uh, indie federation events locally. Uh, something that I'm not personally not as familiar with. I'm only kind of learning about it nowadays. Uh, so what's that like? Because I know most people, when they think of pro wrestling, they think WWE, and in some cases nowadays also AEW. But like, what, what's the scene like, the wrestling scene like here in Toronto? Well, uh, we are very fortunate, um, one, to be in a great metropolis that is Toronto, Mega City. Mm-hmm. Um, two, because it has such a strong ties to wrestling history. And three, that history has resulted in many organizations deciding to uh, cater to a population that is very smart. And um, um, they have an understanding of what wrestling is. And therefore, we have a multitude of organizations uh, that provide um, content that is in many ways, in my opinion, superior to the major television programs that are available like WWE and um, AEW. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what, what uh, can you give examples of federations for our listeners to, to kind of dig into? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, my favorite, um, the one that I, I, wholeheartedly support um although alan will say i'm i don't support enough um alan is one of the um one of the individuals in charge for the wrestling organization is smash wrestling uh smash wrestling is an organization that has uh, does shows across um ontario um does occasional um shows in europe wow. kind of. it, it, it does a really great job of bringing us um high quality uh, performers both locally and abroad, um, plus in a product I feel that is uh, both family friendly um, and also a great supporter of women's wrestling as well. So a lot of these things where I one don't feel embarrassed to watch as a wrestling fan, and there are a lot of, of, of times in wrestling, whether it be in uh, WWE for example, where I felt embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. Um, But Smash, uh, I feel, one, treats me with respect as a a customer and and a viewer, and two, as also a human being, where I can um, uh, be in fellowship with other wrestling fans and enjoy uh, the art that they uh, perform. Mm -hmm. I think I met, uh, oh, what's the Federation? One of the organizers of Courage Pro Wrestling. Courage Ooh. Pro. From Hamilton. Hamilton. Because oh. uh, I was at SummerSlam last year, and I went to the fan experience, the one where you get to meet a bunch of wrestlers and uh, and get their autographs. And there was a gentleman in line, and we chatted for quite a while. And he said, yeah, he runs Courage Pro. 
and he is friends with Allie and uh, her husband, the Blade, from AEW. So he like told me stories about how he would like be super supportive of Allie and just like drive her around because she's more famous than he is and he doesn't care. He's always like, "Yeah, come on, honey, you go get him." And apparently, they're really adorable. So, so Allie is known as um, she was known as Cherry Bomb when she was wrestling um, here, and um, uh, the Blade was known as um, a Pepper. Uh, not pepper pots, but um, <laughs> we, we used to call him PP um, because his tights had actual PP, like the letters oh, PP. Yeah, um, yeah. Both of them are just like fantastic talent. And even though I only mentioned Smash, there's other organizations like Super Kicked. Um, there was uh, uh, Death Proof. Uh, uh, UWA used to be in existence, but unfortunately they closed down. There's mm-hmm. various um, great organizations in Hamilton, and I feel extremely bad that I can't name the one I want to mention. Um, and then also I have friends who run their own organization. I believe it's called the Canadian Association of Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I know that I'm going to get a ton of messages saying, Jamil, you couldn't remember my organization. <laughs> I'm sorry, Diva. I apologize. Uh, but our local wrestling scene is so rich and so great that we see both um, excellent independent talent from locally and abroad. And then we actually get to see them before they make it big. Mm-hmm. And um, to me, I can understand the college a sports experience because a lot of people care about um, NBA uh, more because they see the college uh, basketball players come up, grow, uh, become amazing stars, and then they continue to see them, you know, get the success that they deserve. So yeah. Same, same thing with independent wrestling, seeing um, um, Ali and the Blade uh, become, you know, international stars. Uh, seeing individuals like uh uh well some might say chris hero isn't uh an international star he was always big because he was an roh but um seeing him uh locally uh in your hometown and then a couple weeks later you see him on television mm. um a Ty, uh, was it tyson dukes who was in the um uh the cruiserweight tournament who represented Canada, the lone Canadian participant, uh, Vanessa Craven, um, who was also representing Canada. Amazing. She, she should be a huge star and a couple of injuries have kind of sidetracked her career a little bit, but um, anytime that you have the ability to watch um, her perform, it is magnifique. There's also a, a, did he, Sean Spears, did he wrestle in Toronto at all? Yes, Sean Spear actually, he actually wrestled at Anime North as well. Really? He did. He did. Was was he in the show that you and I watched together when we saw uh, Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles and them come? I don't think it was that specific year. Okay. Specific, specific year. But he did, he, he did perform for, I think it was GCW, um, which is the organization that kind of runs that event. Um, right. Uh, I don't know if you know him, but um, uh, David Ross, um, he um, he usually performs for them as well for the Anime North um, um, kind of wrestling organization. 
Um, I knew him as the amazing Darkstone uh, when he was um, wrestling. I knew him as a wrestler first and then knew him as um, a fellow geek um, at, like me, but he just has six-pack abs and likes to cosplay as characters that don't wear shirts. Um, <laughs> like Just like a normal person. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing that is, I think, great about uh, independent wrestling is you, you understand that these are individuals who are just like you, but they're able to become something more. Mm-hmm. And you're able to see that duality in play um, it's not necessary. You you don't necessarily have to think about their normal, regular persona. You should respect them and understand the boundaries. But um, I don't know. There, there's something about knowing that a flip is switched and they come out the uh, curtain and they become this this character, this performance. And then they're able to do something that I can never imagine doing and do it at such a high level. Um, it's just, it's fantastic. And you, you kind of, one, are in, in awe of the art that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And two, just like, man, uh, he's doing such a great job. Or uh, you, at this point, you're, you know these people because you've watched them for years. It's like... Um, you know, Tyson's doing a great job and, you know, uh, Vanessa's doing a great job and et cetera, et cetera. It's... Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of art and uh, being, um, you know, amazed at what people can do, right before we do that, though, I'm going to have a little bit of the bubbly. Ooh. This is a bubbly, bubbly. That uh, was a Chris Jericho reference there. I'm always amazed at, at what you can do because you run... Cause like okay, Nightingale and I here, we're we're like struggling just to deal with one podcast. You have multiples. <laughs> you have quite a few, and you've been doing this way longer than either of us have. So, how? Okay, let, let's start from the beginning of you and podcast. So where where did where did you and podcasting begin? Um, I would say that I would have to run it all the way back to two sources. One, um. Kevin Smith, um, oh, who ha- started a podcast, a uh, small cast, way many years ago. And me being a huge Kevin Smith fan, that um, he's always been, um, hey, what I do isn't really anything special. All you need is a microphone and, you know, just put the content out there. Just, you know, that's how you get stuff done. Um, it doesn't need to be perfect at the beginning. You can work through... And just just do your art, just just make, just create, right? Be be a force. This is, uh, is this Fat Man on Batman, or did he have a different one? It, it was called Smodcast, so it was uh, oh. it was himself, Kevin Smith, and also Scott Mosier, who was his like um, his partner in crime um, for many years when he was coming up. Uh, that's how uh, Clerks was created uh, via Kevin going up to Vancouver Film School. And yeah. meeting Scott Mosier, um, and they became quickly became f- friends, and uh, they made the decision that um, you know what we're going to. Uh, Kevin's decided to drop out, and um, Mosier continued on, uh, and they made a decision: whoever was going to make their movie first, they would both work to work, both work together to make it. 
So Kevin went back to his um, convenience store and he wrote Clerks and um, said he was going to do it. He sold his comic book collection and um, used it and <laughs> maxed out credit cards, uh, loans from everyone. And he, he made a shot with it. Scott helped him out and helped him with it. And um, the rest is history. So that's how they kind of came together. And they've made a podcast about uh, just them, you know, talking it's a conversational podcast there's usually something that spurs spurs them um, to talk things through mm-hmm. um, but uh, that's how Smartcast was created um, and the second thing that kind of inspired me isn't necessarily a podcast it's a panel oh uh, it was from i believe 2003 uh south by southwest called um uh the the introduction to dark nets, I believe. And it was this panel talking about um, dark nets and uh, how it's being used by various um, communities online. And it sounds very dry, but it included uh, one of the members of the MPAA um, uh, in the, the panel. And she eventually gets grilled uh, by a bunch of people um, about the MPA's uh, position with um, piracy mm-hmm. and online distribution, or I guess television distribution in general and ratings, right. uh, including one of the people asking a question to that individual is Kirby Dick, who um, was part of the documentary, creator of the documentary, This Film Is Not Yet Rated which is a documentary I think that people should check out. And just the exchange, um, I, I would listen to that over and over again. I just found it so fun. And even though it is the MPAA getting their comeuppance, it's still conversations and discussions and info, infotainment, basically. Mm-hmm. Infotainment. So. so that got you into wanting to do a podcast of your own? Yeah, because I talk a lot too. <laughs> You also have a ton of knowledge about pop, uh, pop culture and media. Uh, once again, I r- watch and read and do a lot of things. So, it's so what was your somewhere. what was your first podcast? Um, the first podcast I would say the ac- what that we actually released, mm-hmm. I believe, was podcast possible. I think that's the first one I ever did. Um, so it was a group of Kevin Smith fans who all play hockey and we decided to make a go. A lot of the other, uh, there were other pods that were happening from the fandom mm-hmm. and we decided, you know, just um, let's make a podcast uh, about us talking. Um, we all have very strong personalities. They're involved. Um, and uh, I kind of took the lead in terms of, of running things uh, good and bad because <laughs> um uh, one of the problems why I am, even though I do, I'm a part of a whole bunch of uh, podcasts. Uh, the problem I have is I'm very particular um, and a control freak, which can be difficult. Uh, so my thought process is when I'm recording a podcast, I'll record it and then I will listen to it to, to see exactly where we might need to fix things or do any editing, if any editing is needed. And then I will edit it 
and then I will listen to it again. And then before I upload it, I will listen to it again. And then when it's uploaded, I would listen to it again just to be on the safe side if maybe there's something I missed. Right. So it's a very long process and uh, doing a, a couple of pods can really, at the same time, can get to you. Yes. That podcast is still, uh, you're not still doing it, right? Right now? Podcast Possible went on a, a I think a five-year hiatus. Right, because I haven't, I haven't seen it. I don't think I've heard of that one. That yeah, I haven't heard of that one from you. So we just came back, actually. We oh, uh, okay, just, awesome. Just recently, yes, yes, we just recently recorded. So new episodes will be coming. I shall. And uh, I'm a lot more relaxed now. <laughs> I shall subscribe and listen. Uh, the podcast I actually originally kind of knew, like you introduced me to podcasting through your podcast true currency uh the true currency movie podcast yes yeah. that one was the the one that i originally kind of got an understanding of podcasting from it it evolved um so the the kind of creation of that is uh, you'll notice that a lot of these podcasts are created because it's me and another person <laughs> um and we just kind of like hey we need to you know push ourselves to to do something to interact so we yeah. both uh, doug and myself just we love movies so we decided to make a podcast but we didn't want to um one have too much stress on me from uh, being obsessive about it so we decided yeah. to make a podcast about uh, people coming straight out of a movie and just their initial reactions a lot of movie podcasts were very review driven which was a lengthy analysis, uh, very thought-provoking um, uh, essays about a movie. And yep. let's all be honest, uh, sometimes people just want to hear uh, the random thoughts that a movie inspires from an individual. So we would literally go to a location right after a movie. We would not talk. We would not talk to each other at all. And then we would record and we would just literally start talking our thought process of how we felt about the the movie so yeah well i will i will like to credit you and true currency for the acceptance of background noise that uh, our podcast has has uh had because it was because uh i listened to your your episodes and was on one of them that i realized that background noise is not necessarily a bad thing but can actually add to the the atmosphere. Like one of the episodes that I listened to, I think it was one of the Star Wars ones, where you guys were at, I think, a Boston pizza. And then like the waiter shows up and you, you actually start talking to the waiter about the movie. I was like, this is epic. This is amazing. You guys are just embracing the location. And from there, I remember when I was having brainstorming sessions with Nightingale, I was like, we need to embrace we need to embrace the, the surroundings and we're going to let our listeners understand the places we're at. So thank you. Thank you for, for, for that, Jamil. <laughs> um, I, I, thanks, I guess. Uh, <laughs> hey, I you inspire people, man. Uh, you are like chopper from one piece and I just want to like, stop it. You're, you're embarrassing me. Right. I don't know. Um, I, I would say that I always like the background noise because one, you listen to a lot of podcasts and it just seems so sterile. Like mm. everyone's in a studio. It just seems like they're closed off from, you know, society. And 
Uh, I always think back to pro wrestling because um, pro wrestling is a major inspiration. Uh, they have a program called uh, Dinner for Three. Um, and then also there was, uh, uh, I, I think, IFC. Uh, they had Dinner for Five as well, where they would just talk movies in a, a restaurant and you'd have that um, ambiance in the background. And it just, it sounds like a normal conversation people will have. Like, we just got out of a movie and you, you know people are just talking about what a movie means to them. Uh, and it's like, that's, that's what I want to hear. Like, there's no, uh, there's no type of outside influence to skew how people feel. Now, I always try to... Uh, whenever I, I had some people on, I would, I would talk to them because people felt a little constrained. Um, they're like, well, I need to think about what I'm going to say. And I'm like, don't think about what you necessarily want to say. Um, you're just, you are giving your initial feelings towards a movie. Those feelings could change, right? Yep. So don't worry about it. Like how I feel about a movie when I first watch it could be different on the third viewing of it. Uh, we, our, 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 the movie, how we feel about it is a living organism and it grows and it changes, right? Uh, some blooms, some wilt, just like a flower. So uh, you, you're watching a movie at a certain time and you're a certain person at that period of time and it might intersect and it might mean very much to you and maybe down the line you change as a person and how you interpret the movie can... Uh, you know, change as well. And you might, you know, fall out of love with the movie. Um, we have to allow the entire experience to occur. Um, the good and the bad or the good and the great or the bad and the good. These movies are there to inspire us and to, uh, to affect us. If a movie doesn't affect you, I think it kind of fails as a movie. So... Have you ever considered then maybe, because I know True Currency is also on hiatus, uh, coming back and bringing back people who you had on, you know, older episodes when they had their initial reaction to the movie and then asking them, how have things evolved for you over the years? So one of my, one of the things I regret the most is that I have a stockpile of episodes that I have not released, i.e. the, the epic two-part, two-parter <laughs> episode of Eurotrip that I have recorded. I have like, I already made the posters for it, for the episode. Wow. I just never released it. Um, I probably just re-record. <laughs> it's four <laughs> hours long. And we got kicked out of a food court. I, I, <laughs> I, I, wow. I yeah, security told us to leave. <laughs> They're like, are you recording? It's like, yeah. It's like, oh, you can't do that here. It's like, well, <laughs> doing it for like four hours and we kind of asked permission first it's like yeah you can't do that um i believe that's still recorded that part is like still oh yeah i'm pretty sure it's in there because i noticed your 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 uh what was h what it's not the h1n you're the i was at the i think h4 h4 yeah i noticed the light was still i was like oh god this is this is recorded great The setup has changed over the years. Um, I'm a big Zoom um, fan. Um, even I still have your H1, by the way, which, by the way, is how this show started. We were using your H1 before I got my own H1. And, the uh, father of our podcast. Yep. Thank you, I, Podcast Daddy. 
I need to, I need to frame it. I need to frame this when, um, when this podcast becomes the multi-nation success, right? It becomes the new, you got to eat here, right? They make Funko Pops of each of you, right? I'm going to have it framed. And I'm like, this is the, the, the mic that started it all. <laughs> they should make one of you too, man. Oh, no. Before us. <laughs> no. Yes, uh, our, God, our podcast daddy. <laughs> yep, podcast daddy. Podcast daddy. <laughs> Oh gosh! I see, part I'm, of the once again blushing like Chopper, just like oh, stop it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so tell us a little bit about uh, your current podcast, the Star Trek one, because that one that one's amazing. Yeah, so um, I was working with uh, another hockey friend, um, and uh, we like it was more or less his brainchild, and I was um, on for the ride, and we started uh, reviewing. Uh, not reviewing necessarily talking about star trek episodes mm -hmm. um and uh, eventually i kind of stepped aside and uh, dave took the ball and kept running with it and um he asked me back because we're going back to deep space nine and every tuesday we are um, reviewing another episode of star trek deep space nine um it is going to take three years for us to get through the entire series so every Tuesday uh, we record, um, and it's I I think that was partially responsible of me kind of getting off my butt and kind of you know getting the band back together uh, for podcast mm -hmm. possible, mm -hmm. and I have mentioned it to Doug. Uh, Doug is doing a fantastic job of raising his uh, daughter and getting promoted at his workplace. Uh, so. Um, I don't blame Doug. Don't blame Doug for why we haven't done True Currency. Um, but uh, I, I want it back too. So uh, that might be coming around the corner. But Live Long and Podcast is the name of the podcast that um, I'm a part of. Um, mm -hmm. They do do more than just, yes. They do more than just uh, DS9 recaps. They also are uh, recapping original series episodes. Uh, they just finished all of the movies. And now they just recently started a new project, um, which I, uh, they did their, they're going to do their second episode uh, this week. And it is uh, Star Trek Radio Theater. So uh, Friday nights, they do a live performance of a Star Trek episode. So just, just so you know, Nightingale and I would love to be on that. I listen to it. So. Uh, so last week was yesterday's Enterprise, and this week is Menage a Trois, Menaz, Menage a Troy. Sorry. Um, so um, I might somewhere down the line um, be on it. Please, so, we would love to hear you on it. <laughs> I will make sure I talk to uh, uh, the the Mater Brothers. Uh, that's the the team that kind of runs the Star Trek podcast, the Live Long and Podcast. Yay! And um, ask them if um, can I suggest two individuals to play two actual voice acting people. <laughs> so um, um, I'm I'm really happy that they're expanding into different things. Um, Yay! They're um, it's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, that's what uh, that's what I do. I'm starting up, uh, re returning to podcast possible, and I guest on other people's podcasts. So uh, I also podcast another friend's podcast called Jim's BBQ Ooh. podcast. Um, and then what's that about? 
<laughs> well, uh, once again, hockey friends. Um, but they, those three, they actually live in kind of close proximity to each other. So they mm-hmm. always go traveling and they uh, go to concerts together. Uh, so I, I believe it originally started as like a beer podcast, um, mm. reviewing uh, different beers. Uh, but now they just, you know, talk about what's happening in their lives and any local stories. Uh, they have a very structured format where they, uh, <laughs> they do a lot of games on their show. Uh. Um, a lot of merchandise. They do merchandise. So uh, mm-hmm. Jim, uh, legit, uh, is a merchandise machine. So uh, See, we, we want to do merch. We just don't know how yet. <laughs> well, um, we have magnets. I'll, I'll be giving you one once once I can see you again. Yeah. Oh, there she has it. She has it. Nightingale has our magnet on the camera. Well, I will definitely be giving you two um, True Currency um, stickers. I Yay! Have. And I will... I never... I don't know if I ever gave you... A, a t-shirt? T-shirt? Yes. Because I still wear it. I wear it to the gym, man. Yes. Okay. Or, cool. or wore it when I could. <laughs> but now you're so swole, it's super tight on you, right? I got you. I got you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, night when I uh, relaunch True Currency and you guest star, you will get your T-shirt for sure. Yay! Thank you, thank you. So, so one of the last things I want to talk about before we get to the end of this episode uh, is your appearance on Pop Quiz TV. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because oh, seeing you on television was amazing. Oh, uh, lo- I love seeing my friends on, on, on various things on television, be it commercials, be it TV shows, movies, whatever. I, I love seeing my friends and things and see you on television is just awesome. So tell us just a little bit about the experience. Like, how did you get on there and what was it like? Um, so I love game shows and uh, it just so happens that on Facebook, I saw uh, an advertisement for a possible Canadian game show about pop mm. culture so um i auditioned you actually had to audition uh, so there was various questions that you had to ask and i guess they, they just want to make sure that one you were knowledgeable and two you were really enthusiastic about the show and the concept of it uh which uh, my friend and i both were uh so i thankfully got on the show and it was amazing i it, it took a while to actually understand the concept of the show. And when I say concept of the show, I mean how uh, the game is supposed to be played. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, uh, let's say, for example, Jeopardy. You are on Jeopardy, but uh, it isn't just general knowledge you need to have. There's a specific sources where you're supposed to pull that information from. They usually have like a quiz book that you can take it from. Uh, so when we were on the show, um, the first couple of episodes, because they film a set of episodes at a time, um, I was actually in 10 episodes, uh, but I was only a contestant in five. Oh. Because what ends up happening is they ask contestants to be in the audience. So I was in, in the audience for a set of tapings, and then um, I got my episodes to go on uh, I the reason why I was in the audience was because I was an alternate and um, I never the person didn't back out. So uh, 
I didn't get to play, but I got to watch the show. And seeing it from both sides, it's kind of amazing. Uh, so the trick about the show is, uh, let me quickly get to that, is they ask you a question, uh, but they state where the question is pulling its information from. So uh, people's top 100 um, hottest uh, individuals uh, can name them, right? or Time Magazine's most influential person, right? You have to put your headspace in the magazine and its demographic to be able to answer the question. So in the first couple of episodes, uh, we were asked, answered questions going like, oh yeah, um, hottest people is uh, Sophia Loren. And it's like, no, that's not on it because People Magazine wouldn't necessarily do a, an, uh, an issue talking about Sophia Loren as uh, top 100 beautiful people because they would be talking more about modern uh, pop culture. And right. Time Magazine would be talking about more um, an intellectual's point of view, a, a more uh, standard level of beauty over the ages. Right. Yes. So, um, <laughs> go ahead. No, I was going to say. Oh, that it's, cool. oh, just to wind it back to um, Star Trek. Did you know that 100% of our followers on Instagram actually watch Star Trek? So they will be following you, too. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, uh, we take comments during the episode. So if they have any questions or any comments about it, um, then uh, they should definitely get involved. Uh, I am kind of sad, although not too sad, because you can always go back and listen to past episodes. But two of my favorite uh, Deep Space Nine episodes from the first season already aired. Um, one was the first introduction of the Nagus, the Frangi. Um, that was this week's episode. And then, uh, sorry, episode from uh, way back when. And uh, the previous episode was possibly one of the worst episodes therefore one of the best uh, which is called move along home where um, the bridge crew gets stuck in a, a kind of a board game and it involves the entire cast doing a nursery rhyme and playing hopscotch uh, so classic star trek so before we move on to more instagram questions i have a question for you if floor is lava the new game show on netflix comes to canada would you like to form a team with Nightingale and myself to become the team called the podcasters? Definitely. Um, I do watch um, Floors Lava. I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do. I do. I love that show. And uh, yes, I definitely would. I would have to get some really good spanks. Um, to, <laughs> to be on it. Uh, but definitely I am down for that. We'll have like, we'll have t-shirts where like we'll be wearing t-shirts for each other's shows. So like you'll be wearing our, our shirt and then each, like Nightingale and I will be wearing a shirt for each one of your shows. So we have all three shows represented. I think I'll need like bubble to bubble wrap my face because like I, those injuries look painful. <laughs> yes. yes. Especially I, like when you're trying to jump onto another piece and then and like you like, slip and then you hit your face. Oh, I'm just like. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Okay, I'll like my whole body, so I'll just be like, <laughs> definitely. You're us Netflix. We're coming for you. Floor is lava, man. Floor is lava. Yeah. All right, now win. to turn up the heat, we're going to put you in a very uncomfortable position. <laughs> like the back of a Volkswagen? 
Oh. So basically, um, we've asked our Instagram followers, Kirk or Picard, and they are at 50 50. Oh, so it's oh. up to you. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. It's just Kirk or Picard, no other stipulation yep, whatsoever. Just, uh, yep. Um, do, 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 Picard. Okay. Although I understand the need to punch an alien in the face from time to time, um, <laughs> Picard is um, he is my favorite captain. Captain, my captain. Um, just fantastic. Um, one that I felt, well, yeah, he, he had the best stories. Um, he, my, like, he had everything. He had the best kind of relationships. Him and Crusher, him and Vash. Um, his interactions with his crew, although people like Kirk and Spock, um, Picard and Riker, Picard and Data, just that's the foundation. And plus, that's the era of Star Trek I grew up in. So Yeah, same here. Picard, the Picard. Did you, because uh, I haven't seen the new Picard show, have you? Is it <laughs> <Yes>. any good? <laughs> I, I think that there is enough uh, that you can... Um, grab enjoyment from it regardless of how people feel and i've talked to people who both loved it and didn't like it mm-hmm. um going back to a situation where you um you're seeing familiar characters um and dropping in on where they are and you know going off with the new adventure even if you don't you're kind of disappointed in how good it or, or how bad it is per se yeah you're still going to have a good time with the people that you care about. And you do have an emotional attachment to Picard. And there are a lot of cameos that um, are enjoyable. Next question. Alrighty. So we've asked if whether or not our fans watch uh, sci-fi film and TV and 75% do watch sci-fi film and TV. And they really like watching Blade Runner, Her by Spike Jones, The Matrix and Interstellar. What is y- which sci-fi film or TV show do you like watching? Um, outside of Star Trek, um, I think uh, Fringe is fantastic. Oh, such a good show. Uh, Fringe is fantastic. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, uh, the modern one. Um, I haven't really gotten the time to go back. Uh, I've only seen it in pieces, the um, older uh, Battlestar Galactica. And a third one, I would actually suggest... Um, uh, let's see something that people haven't really seen because it might be a little bit uh, in like a middle age uh, alienation I think oh uh, a, an alien procedural cop show Ooh. So, very alien. nice yeah no I uh, there was a good show on that uh, beyond human I think it was called or is it all no is it not a beyond almost human Almost. I think it was called Almost Human. Is, is it the one with like the the ghost, Carl Urban. The vampire, and the werewolf? I'm trying to, or is it is it on Netflix? It's the one of Carl Urban. It only lasted one season before it was canceled. Yes, yes he was, you are. Yeah, that one. That one was really good. Yes. Uh, yes. Altered Carbon is good too. That's on Netflix. That's on Netflix. I love I've heard it. good things. So yeah, that's good. Uh, so okay, to to bring things to a close. Is there anything you want to plug outside of the things we've already discussed? Um, so I would like and suggest anyone listening to this episode to continue listening to more episodes. Subscribe if you haven't uh, to, to talk with your mouth full because this is awesome. Um, um, and yeah, hey, Hart. Thank you so um, much. 
Um, you know what? I don't really have that much to uh, to plug. The only thing I would suggest is that uh, people, especially in this in this times that we're running into right now, uh, try your best to uh, leave the world a little bit better than how you found it. So uh, there's a lot of negativity out there. Um, not saying that we're to be blind to the world's troubles. We should uh, fight for uh, what is right and proper um, and people should be treated with respect and kindness. And um, at the same time, as we're fighting for injustice, whether it be for uh, whatever your racial background is, uh, whether your gender or sexual orientation is as well. Um, at the same time, create some art. Let's create some art and put some positivity out there in the world that uh, people can uh, listen to and enjoy. Uh, as we can see uh, in modern times, there's a, a lot of our heroes um, are not as good as we thought they were. Mm -hmm. And... Um, let's not take what previously inspired us, uh, turn us cold. Uh, let's take up the torch and make some content that like put some smiles on faces. So um, just create. Really, really wise words. Thank you so much, Jamil, for, for being here uh, on our podcast. Thank you so much for inspiring us. Thank you so much for being our podcast daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Thank you for having me. No, it's 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 an absolute. It was honor. about time. It, it was. So, how can people connect with you if they uh, want to connect with you online? Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter um, at the Puffy Taco, uh, T H E P U F F Y T A C O. I will try to take my own words to heart and be more positive. I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. Um, uh, that's, I think that is the best way. Uh, if you have any questions about, uh, podcasting, um, about, uh, going the to Sandy, Funko life, Funko life. Funko look, life. Um, I like collecting and if anyone needs help collecting anything, I will do my very best. I am extremely slow in getting requests to people, but, uh, I think that as like a Lannister, the good ones, um, I always pay my debts. Uh, might take a year or two. Sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry, Roxy. Um, but uh, I will eventually get you um, what I promise. So yeah, that's it. All right. Thank you so much. And Nightingale, how can people connect with you? Y'all can find me on Instagram at night.nwin. And I am on Instagram and Twitter as at Michael C. W. Chan. Plus, I have a website, michaelchan.ca. Listeners, thank you so much, so much, so much for tuning in and listening to this show. We always appreciate you all. Check us out on our Instagram where uh, we ask questions and have polls and whatnot in our stories that Nightingale puts out and she does it really, really well. So get involved I with like us. I like connecting with you guys. Come talk to me. Talk to her, please. Again, thank you so much. And as always, stay safe and stay, stay hungry. hungry. This has been Talking With Our Mouthful with Michael Chan and Nightingale Nguyen. Music by bensound.com, crafts by Janine Cantrell, photography by E, and voiceovers by me, Jessica Chan. 
If you enjoy our adventures, please consider following or subscribing to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Want to connect with us? Maybe even participate in our podcast? Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at at TWOMF Podcast. And as always, stay hungry.